Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations. And if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcast, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and at any online book retailer you prefer. Check it out today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand, both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you're looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Jamie Purington is the principal consultant and an executive coach with Blue Sky Organization Development Consulting. She helps senior leaders and managers who are willing to make a conscious investment in themselves, their team, and their organization. As a great leader realizes they can't do everything, they seek the partnership of people like Jamie who can gather data, analyze findings, and make organizational design, talent management, and strategy recommendations. Jamie's work with leaders is focused on continual growth and development of the overall organization and high potential or high performing employees through coaching. Hello, Jamie. Hi, Ed. It's nice to see you. It's nice to quote unquote see you as well. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you for joining us on the podcast today. I did a yeoman's effort in attempting to introduce yourself. I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you do today and how you currently interact with the marketplace. Yeah, I'm happy to share. Thanks for having me on. Uh, this is a, always fun to to be on a podcast with a colleague, um, and I love your call, your podcasts in general. So it's fun to be um, on it on the other end of it. Um, yeah, I do consulting, organization development, consulting, and coaching. I do both of those things. Uh, I work with a lot of different industries, a lot of different organizations, um, and with different groups within a hierarchy. So uh, I work a lot with executives and then, you know, from executives to the VP level and the managers, and then also with teams. And a lot of my work, I mean, as you said from my bio, is, is really helping people to uncover what's working, what's not working addressing some of those things that are not working, thinking about how to leverage some of the the positive things that are going on uh, and really helping people to gain a little bit of awareness of what they need to do, but also uh, on an individual basis, not just the organization and the team, but uh, really helping individuals through coaching typically to see, all right, well, here are some blind spots that I might have and here's what I want with my career and how do I actually get there? How do I actually work on myself? uh, I would say that the coaching part is the most fun. It's most rewarding. I, I just love um, coaching individuals and seeing them them grow and individually, um, and then bringing that back to teams and seeing the teams work well together. So, it's great work. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I've been doing it for 
oh gosh, 20 years or so, and independently for about uh, 12 years. And it's just, it's such a great field. I don't have to tell you that, you know. I do, I do. And you know, it's funny when I speak with coaches, I'm always curious as to whether or not you're ever hired to help people be braver in the workplace. I find that we're hired for other reasons, and yet we find oftentimes that the actions people need to take or things they need to say require bravery. And I'm just curious if that's your experience as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, bravery is, I, I would say, at the heart of being able to be successful, taking risks and thinking about what could be and then jumping into something. Uh, you know, c considering your options isn't always an easy task, but then actually taking action is um, a very difficult thing to do. And so you've got to be brave almost every day. And yeah, to answer your question, when I when I get calls for coaching, it's not, hey, I need to be more brave, but it certainly is always a component of, you know, how do I advocate for myself? How do I work uh, toward my goals? How do I do things that are going to be a little bit scary? And what is the process for that? So, yeah, a lot of yeah, well, a lot of people, and I like your reference about act, uh, ideas to action. A lot of people have lots of ideas you know there's millions of books and millions of articles and millions of webinars on you know how to do this and how to do that great great ideas the internet is endless in respect to the volume of ideas that are out there and yet moving them to action where i can do something that fits me and my style and my situation is where the difficulty lies and i think that might be you know where people look for people like yourself to come in and help yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's there, right? The bravery it, or to tap into that bravery that exists maybe sometimes in a, inside of somebody, they don't realize it, to be able to tap into that and help them to, to move forward or process something or, or come up with something that's going to be great for them in the future. Uh, it's so intrinsic, intrinsically rewarding. It's so wonderful to see somebody else achieve success through self-exploration. Um, it's, and it's just such a great, it's such a great field to be in right now because people are having such a, a difficult time. I mean, there's very little ability to balance between work and everything that happens outside of work. And so we just are working all the time and we're having a hard time with those boundaries with family uh, who is in the next room and even people who are going into the office. It's, it's almost a respite in some ways. So we're having to process so much constantly. And, and, and particularly for the introverts of the world, the quiet leaders, there's just so much face time constantly, and it's exhausting. So we've got to really tap into our bravery reserves right now uh, and figure out how to, how to keep ourselves stable, work on self-care and all of that stuff too. Well, to your point, this time where we're working at home more than ever has created in many ways inadvertently bravery moment, right? Where now there's a whole new set of opportunities or situations that require bravery that we never anticipated or expected. Uh, oftentimes when I work with clients, they can't see their boss physically. They can't go to the office. They can't walk up the hall and knock on their door and say, hey, can I chat with you for a couple of minutes? They have to figure out how to get them on a Zoom call or on a phone call, which sometimes feels intrusive. And so it adds, I think, additional considerations around bravery that may never have been considered before. Any thoughts or observations on that? 
Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. You, you, we don't want to bother people where in the past, if they were in their office and you could see that they weren't doing anything, you just knock on the door and hop on in or you give them a call. And it's it's so obvious or it was obvious when you're in an office setting. Um, but you're right. Yeah. And, and you want to be respectful of people's time and their boundaries. And if they're with their family having dinner, you don't want to call them, but you also want to get um get them on the phone for some reason you, you you feel like you need to do that so yeah there's definitely you're you're tapping into a lot of different aspects of um, bravery that you perhaps weren't doing before and so much of so much of being able to reach people it's not just about communication uh it's it's actually about confidence it's about acknowledging that you are uh, you know i'm sorry that i am calling you during dinner time i just need one quick answer and then I'll let you go. You know, giving people a sense for what your needs are as well as acknowledging what their needs are. It goes a long way. Uh, that that piece of communication where you're acknowledging somebody else's um, perspective or desires, is it's going to go a long way in building that relationship. Um, and at the end of the day, your, your ability to build relationships with people, it's everything, right? Um, you're only as brave and you're only as capable of moving things as you have people around you that make you feel like you can. Um, and that give you that confidence. Well, you're talking a little bit about, you know, words or things you think of when you think about bravery. And I'm just curious for you, Jamie, are there words or phrases that you might think of when you think about bravery in the workplace? Yeah. Oh, I love this question. Um, I would say one confidence, which I just mentioned, you've got to have confidence in yourself and confidence in this situation that you're in. Uh, you've got to be able to navigate, think on your feet and a lot of uh, your feelings about your capability to navigate and to work with people and, and build relationships. A lot of that has to do with confidence. Um, a second thing I would say, trust you've got to trust others, you've got to trust yourself and believing in yourself and believing in others and trusting that people are kind, good, capable, have have positive intent, all of that stuff is really, really important um, in being brave and in taking those leaps. Uh, the third one I'd say is candor. You need to be able to express to somebody else, to, to be brave in the workplace, you need to be able to express what you're thinking and feeling and be honest. Uh, I'm not saying that you have to be raw <laughs> or rude, um, but you, you have to be able to be honest. And uh, being candid with other people does help build relationships as long as you're aware of and empathetic toward their perspective and that you can see that their perspective may not be exactly yours. Uh, but being able to be candid with others is a really helpful skill uh, in being able to be brave. Well, I love those three words, confidence, trust, and candor. And I think any time that you're candid with other people, and this is something that's always been important from my perspective, it is always respectful candor, right? You're never talking down to somebody or being disrespectful. But if you're expecting to make progress in the relationship with that person, they have to believe that what you're sharing with them comes from a place of caring and that you value them and that you're sharing information with them that they think would be helpful. And the only way you can do that is to be respectful. Yeah, absolutely. And then 
navigating, you mentioned that as kind of a subtext of confidence, you know, that has to do a little bit with flexibility. And, you know, I really love that word when it comes to bravery, because if I think I have the only answer and I'm going to come in and tell you the only answer, you know, I could be wrong or there might be, you know, other answers out there that I haven't even considered on my own. So being flexible as to what the outcome could be, I think you're saying is extremely important where you can think on your feet and realize that there may be multiple outcomes that uh, could, you know, could be influenced here. Yeah, it's so true, Ed. It's so true. You have to be able to, to think about the possibilities and be open to the possibilities and listen <laughs> as, as much as, or probably more than you're going to talk in order to get to the right, the right place or the right answer, right, right solution. Well, that is one of the ways we make it not about us, which is working on, and I'm sure you have clients, and I know that I've had clients whom listening is not a strong skill of theirs, and it's something that they need to do more of. Uh, for them, uh, the more they listen, they tend to feel that it makes them weaker or non-authoritarian if they're not talking and requiring and telling and demanding, et cetera, and listening to them feels like a gap, right? Where I think you and I would both say that listening is, in fact, a strength that helps raise the value of the other person, takes into consideration information that you may not have heard or have thought of, and actually gives you a better answer, right? So I think if you're going to be brave, you need to be flexible to the outcome uh, based on what you're saying, as well as being a really, really good listener. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you're, <laughs> you need, you need to listen in order to respond and you need to be comfortable with the silence that might fill room uh, in order to give somebody else an opportunity to respond as well. Uh, and, you know, it's funny, you actually just mentioned, you know, so many people talk so much. Um, and I think a big reason why they, they, they do that is they, they want to get to the resolution. They want to get to the answer. They want to move forward. They want to hurry it all along. But the reality is it doesn't matter how much you talk. You're not getting any closer to finding the answer or finding a solution. You're actually just filling space. So there's so much more opportunity to find answers in silence than there is in talking. And this, it's a conversation I have with a lot of coaches actually. It's just listen, what are, what are you hearing and what are you not hearing? It can be a fascinating experience in a non-bravery moment in my corporate career, I worked with a leader who was a long talker. And anytime he would stop by my office to ask a question or share an anecdote, it would go on and on and on. And I got into the habit, instead of being brave and speaking with him directly about how I was experiencing him, anytime he came to see me and said, hey, Ed, do you have a minute, which I knew <laughs> would become you know 10 minutes or 15 minutes, I'd say... I do have a minute, but I've got to jump on a call in about three minutes just to create this like fake deadline. Uh, no matter what time of day it was, right? It could be 11, 12 or 11, you know, 20. And then three minutes later, I was, you know, had to get on a phone call. So, uh, but he, you know, was such a long talker that I created a fake story to try to get out of it because you get trapped for hours. So, you know, I think in retrospect, if I look back in order to be braver in the workplace, it would have been way more effective for him because uh, I'm not the only one with whom he behaved that way uh, and way more strengthening for me to have been respectfully candid with him on how I was experiencing him. Yeah. Honesty is often the best policy, right? It is. 
How, how about you, Jamie? Do you have a, a bravery story that you could share with our listeners today? Yeah, um, there are many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the list is endless, Ed. I have so many. Where, where do I start? <laughs> I have to be brave very often. No, you know, I'll actually take you back to earlier in my career. Um, I worked inside the the financial industry. Uh, I was young, I was a female, and I was climbing the corporate ladder relatively quickly. Uh, You know, early, early, early in my career, I started out in business strategy, moved to marketing. And then I found myself because I liked marketing, I was good at, I moved into IT communications. So I completely blew up my first career threw myself into this IT communications area. And it really evolved tremendously into doing organization development um, and coaching uh, a division of 350 engineers, product managers, business analysts. And these folks, soft skills at the time were not very interesting to this team. And they 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 told me that outright. You know what, Jamie, whatever you're trying to do, it's, it's very interesting. However, it's not for me. Um, and over the years, I've developed incredible relationships with these folks by teaching them and bringing them into the world of relationship building and coaching and listening and Um, managing other people in ways that were going to help them be productive and effective. And and I did this for years. And and I would have people similar to what you were just describing, come into my office, have a seat and just talk and just vent and just go through this process of um, catharsis. And then I would say to them, what do you want to do about it? always pushing back on people. I didn't, I don't think at the time I even realized how much I was coaching um, folks, but, you know, asking them, putting it back in their, their hands to, to or their, their lap to, to make some change and to take some action. Uh, it was an amazing job. It was wonderful. It was a great, um, it was a great experience for me because I was able to in real time do technical work in OD and consult and, um, and learning and development. But then I also was coaching people who didn't have an interest in coaching. Um, and so one day I went to uh, my the CIO, who was my boss. He was my third in five years. And had successively, I had to successively build those relationships with my different CIOs because I was in IT doing organization development and, and training and coaching. And uh, it was amazing to watch how these CIOs who were very focused on building and developing technology really dove into this kind of work and saw the value in bringing it to their their, their technology uh, engineers, their project managers, their, their analysts. And over time, just those relationships are what moved me forward. And at one point, my last boss, the CIO, um, I don't know if I can mention names, but he was amazing. He did such wonderful things for the organization. But he said to me, Jamie, the stuff that you do here is wonderful. And it's it helps the organization. It moves us forward. But why are you doing it here? And I said to him, what do you mean? (laughs) Because it's my job. Are you firing me? (laughs) Exactly. I did ask the question. and, and, And he said, you have talked to me in the past about wanting to, at some point, be a consultant, go out on your own, do consulting and coaching, do organization development. Why are you still here? And I said, okay, it's a great question. 
and let me think about it. And at the time, um, you know, he, I, I was nervous. I was afraid to take that leap, but he said to me, is there, what is stopping you, Jamie? And I couldn't come up with a compelling enough reason. And so I took that brave step and I said to him, you know what, you're right. I don't need to be doing it just in this one place. I can have my choice of clients and I can work in different industries and have really interesting work with different types of teams and executives and in completely different uh, industries. So, so I did, I took the leap and I thank him still to this day for it. And, and he was a great manager, but he really pushed me um, to take that leap and to, to take a risk and it's it's been amazing so being a consultant and now having all that flexibility and the autonomy that i really wanted when my kids were little and as they've grown up i've been able to be around for them and also have this incredible consulting business uh, and work with in incredible people as well like you you and um, the folks that we work with so it's you know that was that's my bravery story it's a little long i apologize but um, yeah, I, I feel like you've got to take risks. You've got to put yourself out there. Right, right. Well, it sounds like somebody gave you an idea that directed you in a particular way that you took the feedback, right? And you took action. You went from idea of, hey, wouldn't it be great or shouldn't you to action where you actually did it? Yeah, yep. Well, fantastic. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for sharing that story. And thank you as well for your ideas about bravery in the workplace. If folks would like to reach out to you and talk a little bit more about your business or your bravery story, if it relates or connects with them, how can they get in touch with you? Um, they can get in touch with me. I've got uh, my website is uh, www.blueskyodconsulting.com. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. It's Jamie Purinton, P-U-R-I-N-T-O-N. Uh, and yeah, they can, anybody can get in touch with me if they'd like through either of those medium. Well, fantastic. Well, thanks again, Jamie, for speaking with us today. All right. Thanks, Ed, so much. This has been fun. Great. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Apple, Google, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.